Final day of 2015, and it's awesome if you're listening to this podcast and spending some of it with us. This is the Stew Pod. I am Mike Oz, and I'm Chris Swick. Chris, we are we've been reunited. We, were, we did not yes. do a podcast together last week. Very what happy. a busy week it was. Very happy to be back with you. Same here. Celebrate the end of the year and the start of a wonderful new year. Did you listen to the podcast with Bad News Rama? Um, I didn't get all the way through it. Yeah, it was it was something else, man. We had fun. <laughs> well, we try not to. I try not to make let him make jokes about you, but you sorry. can only do so much with that guy. It happens. He's gonna be back. He's back on the show this week. We have some yes. guests joining us to talk about the Hall of Fame. So that's coming up. It's a very long and um, hopefully interesting Hall of Fame discussion. But uh, before we do that, I think we got to talk about some some business and some things and some baseball stuff. Uh, we're you know, like I said, approaching the end of the year. We're uh, kind of been doing a lot of countdowns and that kind of stuff. And uh, that, that's, that's kind of been a lot of the, the tone of baseball this week. But there has been one, I would say, relatively like big and surprising story, and that is Aroldis Chapman getting traded to the Yankees. Um, it's a, surprising because we didn't really know what the trade market for Chapman would be after the domestic violence stuff that came down. And um, also kind of surprising because, you know, I don't think most people were thinking the Yankees were in the market for relief pitching. If anything, they were going to trade a reliever. Uh, but now they have three really good relievers. So, Chris, uh, lots, lot, there's lots to break down there. What stands out to you? Like, what's the thing that's most interesting to you about that trade? Yeah, I guess the the thing that stands out to me would be, I guess, just the uncertainty surrounding the whole domestic violence situation. Um, we know that I think maybe Jose Reyes was was kind of the first big name to be subject to the new policy, and there still hasn't been a ruling on him. So I just don't know what to expect. Everything is is new in this case. The policy's new. The commissioner's new. Um, we don't, you know, Chapman. They they could deem that he's out for fifty games, and suddenly, um, if if somehow he doesn't get an extra year of control added to his contract, well, then the Yankees just traded for, what, 90 games of Chapman? Mm-hmm. Which is fine and all, but it's, it's probably not what they had hoped for. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. That, that makes it really hard for me to, to totally evaluate it. I mean, I think the consensus is they didn't give up a ton to get him because his price was dramatically decreased due to all this stuff. So... From a baseball standpoint, it's it's a great move, and he's a great pitcher. But the off the field stuff really makes it tough for me to to fully evaluate this thing. What I think is kind of fascinating is the way this is going to go down in New York now, um, as opposed to Cincinnati. You know, like the scrutiny the scrutiny he's going to face in New York versus the scrutiny he would face in Cincinnati or or even somewhere else. You know, if, let's say he got traded to. I don't know the Indians, or you know, someplace that's not New York City, um, because I, I wrote something today about how, or yesterday, about how, um, you know, a, the head of the New York City Council came out and condemned the Yankees for for trading for Aroldis Chapman, and how you know they were basically condoning violence, and you know, just just the way these things have become in sports now. I mean, it's it's you know, not just trading for a player that has you know some some legal trouble. I mean, it's it's, it's basically you know opening up this 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 whole new box of of criticism that that baseball really hasn't had to deal with in the past because they haven't really had a domestic violence policy with any kind of teeth and uh you know aided by what's happened in the nfl recently you know this this stuff takes on a much different tone and and, you know people are uh i think a lot less um willing to just kind of let it slide anymore you know like like they want to hold these people accountable, and they want to ask questions, and politicians want to get up and and say stuff. And you know, you're dealing with the New York media now, as opposed to you know, sort of a smaller market. So yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see how that part of it plays out too. Well, I think I think that that plays both ways though, because if if Chapman's good, it seems like that's 
a large faction of the media and the fans are just going to forget about the whole thing. You know what I mean? I, I mean, if he struggles, it's going to come up a oh, lot, and, yeah. and they'll hammer him for it. But there's kind of no reason to expect him to be bad. So I almost feel like by June, you know, I'm sure we'll see a Chapman redemption story, and that'll make us all feel kind of uncomfortable for a while. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it definitely goes both ways. And I think Brian Cashman kind of knows that as long as this guy performs, the, the fans at some point are not going to care as much. There still will certainly be fans who, who care deeply about the issue because it's a serious thing. But I think there's also a large faction of fans that really only care about what happens on the field. And no, we true. know Chapman is exceptional on the field. But, but I think that you know, the way the media might approach it, I think, will be, will be different than if it were you know, a smaller market. Um, so I think that that'll be that'll be really interesting to watch, and um, you know I, I, we haven't really touched on like what are the Yankees going to do on the field, but I mean having three relievers that they have I think is you know really daunting, and I feel like you know in, in a division that really has no clear cut favorite at this point, uh, you know it's not like they have to you know overcome a, a a really good team somewhere else in the division. You know the Yankees they made the wild card last year. I mean they could potentially. You know, make the playoffs again, and um, you know, with that, with that trio of relievers, they they could be very good. Yeah, the Yankees. I don't know. It's difficult to evaluate. You don't see a lot of teams build through the bullpen. I know a lot of people have praised the Royals for for taking a similar approach, um, but I don't want to overreact to that. I guess. I mean, it certainly helps their rotation, which has a lot of question marks, and it takes some pressure off some of those guys to throw two hundred innings and. Those are all good things, but I, I don't know. You still look at that rotation, and there's, there's not one guy in there who is definitely going to throw 200 innings, and that scares the crap out of me. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That's true. All right, well, let's move on to uh, a different topic. Like we said, there's going to be a lot of Hall of Fame talk. The Hall of Fame uh, results are coming next week, and uh, we may have another podcast about the Hall of Fame coming early next week too, so keep your keep your eyes out for that or refresh your app or however it is you listen to us and we'll, we'll uh, I think it'll be interesting if we can if we can lock it down I'm not going to promise the interview but it's, it's it'll be a fun interview if we can make it happen but uh, for now we're joined by our friend uh, Bad News Ramen plus our new MLB editor Marcus Vandenberg from Yahoo Sports and we're going to look at the Hall of Fame ballot we're going to give our opinions on every single person even you know the guys who may not be you know worth a worth a ton of conversation we're still going to talk about them a little bit so uh, here's the stew pod conversation on the MLB Hall of Fame. We are back on the Stew Pod, the Ozzy Sports Baseball Podcast, talking about the MLB Hall of Fame always a contentious subject with baseball fans and I think uh, even more so as we head into the week where the BBWA will announce this year's class. Um, lots of interesting names on the ballot. First and foremost, King Griffey Jr. is uh, the headliner. Of course, we always have Bonds and Clemens and all those guys to debate. And uh, here to kind of run through it with me a little bit, we have Chris, of course, and we're joined by two of our friends, uh, Bad News Ramen, a StuPod regular, and for the first time, Marcus Vandenberg, who is our uh, our, our brand new MLB editor at Yahoo Sports. So thank you, uh, Marcus, for joining us. Thanks for having me, Oz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, guys, what I'm thinking we're going to do is just kind of go through the, the ballot um, in the yes or no style. I've always kind of been, been intrigued by people who like the uh, who, who say Hall of Fame voting should just be yes or no. I don't know that it would actually work, um, you know, for, for actual tabulating votes. But I think for talking about it, I mean, the yes or no seems to work really well. So we're just going to go... Every single name on the ballot, some are obvious no's, some are obvious yeses, but, um, well, at least one is an obvious yes. But uh, we'll go through there. Give me your yeses and your no's. If you got something to say about a certain person, let's do it. Uh, we're not coming to any great conclusions here. This is no grand debate, but just kind of um, talking about it amongst people who follow the game. So uh, I, I will start us right off, and uh, you guys can, can chime in. Garrett Anderson. No. 
There, see, we're done. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, Garrett, Garrett Anderson is one of these guys. Uh, this, this, of course, is uh, the bad news ramen. If you don't recognize my fast uh, delivery in terms of words, uh, I'm not as eloquent as, say, one Chris Swick or one Mike Oz. I don't know about you yet, Marcus, but you'll probably speak better than I do as well. Um, you know, Garrett Anderson is just one of those guys, uh, a good complimentary player, uh, good all around, but did nothing great. Uh, very strong player, but um, by no means is this guy a Hall of Famer. Uh, 2,500 hits, uh, 287 home runs, uh, 1,084 runs, n- n- no great shakes. Good, good player, good solid player, but uh, good solid players shouldn't be in the Hall. Somebody got baseball reference open right now. No, I don't. He's I, cheating. This is off the top of the dome, dude. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the news Roman rolls, dude. Uh, anybody else on Garrett Anderson? I saw him win a home run derby once, but that does not make him a Hall of Famer in my eyes. No. Um, yeah, so he's, he's, he's not even worth all that comment. No. <laughs> Next on the list, we're going alphabetical, by the way, for anybody who wants to grab a list and follow along as we do this. Uh, he is uh, the, the somehow current still manager of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, if we're doing a handsomeness Hall of Fame, he might make it. But uh, Brad Osmus. Well, let's get, straight, let's get this straight. If, if there was a handsome Hall of Fame, I'd be in there. And Osmus <laughs> doesn't even light a candle to me. I think uh, Swicky said no, right? Yeah. Hard no. Hard no. What about hell no? Hell no. Hell no. That, yeah. Marcus, that was your, that's your vote too? Everyone's no on Osmus? All right. So, so, so surprised, man. So surprised. Me, so that's good. Here's one, here's one that a lot of – this is probably one of the more debatable ones because people have, people have opinions. Jeff Bagwell. Yes. Yes. No. Oh, we have our first disagreement. All right. One of, one of you yes guys, give me your give me your yes reason. Oh, I'm a yes, by the way. Uh, so three against hit, one. Three, yeah. three against he hit one. 297, 408, 540 over how many years? 15 years in the majors? Yeah, that's good enough for me. I just don't know. I mean, his his numbers are nice. It's just you know, I don't. Well, I mean, you're looking at the numbers, bad and average. I, I think Bagwell's one of those guys that has a stigma. Like, did he or didn't he? And you know, we're not talking about you know a, a late night at at a bar. Um, it's just kind of. I think he, there's a there's a little bit of of a cloud with him. And I think Mike, the last time that we talked, we were talking about him and uh, the other B uh, that actually made it. Uh, Biggio. Yeah, his teammate. Was start with the B, right? I'm yeah, Craig Biggio. Yeah, Bijou, yeah. Uh, and I kind of said, well, if Bijou's in, Bagwell should be in. Um, he should he should be in there. I just, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, do I think he's a deserving? Yes. But, you know, is my gut reaction that he should be in the hall? Uh, I just think he's kind of a, I mean, he, he's a, another one of those guys, a good player. But, I don't know, never really came up big anywhere and uh, doesn't have a lot of story to him, you know. I mean, he, there's no, like, kind of, there's not like a Jeff Bagwell moment, I think, that where you go like, oh, you know, this guy's so great. I mean, just just a steady producer, but... Uh, 449 home runs. I don't know. I just that doesn't really do it for me. If, if he had 500, yeah, you know, by all means, yeah, he's in. I, it's, I think with all the other circumstances surrounding him, uh, just kind of not being a really kind of lively type character, and then kind of some questions of of did he or didn't he. Uh, that's why I'm kind of on the fence with this guy. How much of that is is him playing in Houston? If, if Bradwell was a Yankee for his entire career and put up these same numbers, would you feel differently? Uh, I, I don't think Manley should be in the Hall. You know, I mean, I, you know, I'm, it's it's not a, a case for me where you know if he's a Yankee, he's in. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm really I, I really like numbers. I mean, I think you know, three thousand five hundred. You know, three thousand hits, five hundred. Um, you know, maybe twenty five hundred hits. Maybe that's like that's like a lock to be in the Hall of Fame. I think it's just more of a case of uh, it's, it's not so much that he's in Houston. Uh, you know, if he stayed, I mean, I think the best story I have about Jeff Bagwell was that um, Peter Gammons was really tight with like the general manager, for, you know, the, the management at, at Boston. When he found out that Jeff Bagwell got traded, he stormed out of the room, and that's the best. That's the best like story I have about the guy. I know there's a lot of people that like Jeff Bagwell, um, video game wise, uh, collector wise. I just. He doesn't do it. I mean, if he gets in, I'm I'm, I'm not upset about. It, but he's not a guy where I'm like, oh yeah, that guy's definitely a Hall of Famer. No, that's kind of been the story though. I mean, he's he's kind of been, um, you know, people like you said, people doubt him. Um, a lot of people don't think he deserves it. So he might be the most interesting person on the ballot this year in terms of whether he gets in, just because he seems to kind of be predicted to hover around the 75 percent mark mark. So. It'll be interesting to see whether he can he can actually carry the vote this year. A lot of people thought last year he'd get in with Biggio just because you know people seem to like that idea of, of voting in teammates or, or you know for the story or whatnot. Um, 
but I think if, if we're looking at who might be the most interesting guy this year, it could be Bagwell just to see if, if he actually, you know, gets the 75% or if he, you know, makes it by one or two votes or, or not. Um, so keep an eye on him as, as we get closer to the, the ballot uh, reveal coming up this week. The uh, Probably the, the most debated guy, and he, he will be the most debated guy for a long time. I, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys think. If you're... You know your alphabet. You know who's coming next. Barry Bonds. Yes. I'm, I'm a yes. I'm a yes all the way on Bonds. I'm a yes. I'm a yes with a caveat. I, I hate Bonds, but, um, uh, you know, it's one of those things. If, if Ty Cobb is in, uh, Barry Bonds – I mean, Ty Cobb almost killed, killed a lady in the stands. Um, he's in. Uh, but at the same time, it's like if, if Barry Bonds is in, then I think Pete Rose should be in as well. I mean, what what is how big is steroids? I mean, you know, the main reason why uh, Rose isn't is because like the the cardinal rule of of baseball is you do not bet on games, you don't bet on yourself, you don't do any of that stuff. I mean, is uh, it's kind of like the same thing with like steroids? Like, how important is steroids to voters? Obviously, it's it's very important for the first time around. I, I personally hate Bonds. I think he's the biggest punk ever to to lace up uh, lace up sneakers and, and boots, and I think he's a, a a big time idiot with his big old head. But um, his <laughs> his numbers don't lie, even though even though even though uh, you know they were they were enhanced uh, what I will say this about bonds is that if bonds stayed the same you know if he stayed on the same career course that he was on uh, him being a punk but being a great player and he d- he didn't put any uh, any oil on his elbow or anything like that I think he's like a top 25 you can make a case he's a top 25 player uh, and he's in the hall he was such an idiot that he wanted to be the top you know like top five top you know the best player in baseball that he did all this stuff. That's that's his own stupidity. But at the same time, there's a lot more stupid people in the Hall of Fame, and I think he's I think he's in, even though I don't like it. Anybody else have a Bonds? I, I will say I've noticed this year that it seems like some people are coming around. I know John Hammond uh, wrote a, wrote a column explaining why he changed his vote on Bonds this year. Um, I did Rosenthal too. Did anybody did, did that happen? Anybody, anybody, I think making that I think up? Rosenthal did. Yeah, but but Bond still has no chance. He's not getting in this He's, year. Yeah, so, I, I, do you think eventually he'll get in? Uh, kind of, because I think once this group of younger voters gets in, they care a little less about PEDs, and he's got a better chance. But I also think that the, this ten-year rule really hurts a lot of these players, and the fact that people can only vote for ten players kind of hurts. It might not hurt Bonds, but it's going to hurt a lot of players from this era. Bonds is at thirty six point eight percent last year, so essentially he needs more or less to double that. Um, so and, and at what five years left, six years left? Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is his fourth year. So I mean, obviously, like one or two votes from from noteworthy writers is is a, you know it's good, but I don't think it's going to make a huge dent. We'll see how many you know how many other people follow, but I, I kind of feel like the people who you know, voting for bonds are going to vote for bonds. I mean, I don't, I don't know that a lot of the kind of old school baseball writers are, are necessarily going to change their minds in, in five years. Um, you know, I guess we'll see this year how, because they, they changed the voting parameters and they just, you know, took ballots away from some people who aren't actively covering the game anymore. So um, I think this year's number will be interesting if we're going to try to look at how, you know, that, that kind of measures out into the future. Because if, you know, he has a better percentage just based on, you know, the people who are now in the electorate, uh, that might be promising if all of a sudden he's at 50% or something like that, you know, that might make me think he has a chance, but, um, I don't know. I, I've always kind of thought that if Bonds gets in, it, it might have to be, uh, uh, you know, a veterans committee thing or something like that. Here, here's what you do with Bonds. And, and, you know, I get tired of the whole kind of stupidity sometimes that you know with not now i'm not talking about you guys but just like media in general right it's like you know you know bonds i I think there's some part of bonds that he's going to miami to kind of you know reinvent his image he wants to come across as this guy that loves baseball i'm not going to take that away from him but um you know, I, I'm kind of in the camp that wait until the guy dies and then put him in the hall. I think Pete Rose eventually will be in the hall, but we have to wait for him to 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 pass along for him to get in. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think the biggest thing with that people have Pete Rose is that he he's not uh, he hasn't apologized for what he's done. Like you know, it hasn't you know, really affected him. This is this is what I want Bonds to do and Pete Rose to do. Whatever problem that you had, the reason why you're not in the hall is you know I want Bonds to go out there and and talk to. 
talk to schools, go, you know, without being paid, without the media, and just say what, you know, the problems that you have with taking, you know, uh, performance enhancing drugs, the dangers of it, and, and let this guy, like, really kind of come out in the forefront and own it. If he does that stuff, then by all means, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm saying this guy should be in the hall, but I mean, do it the right way. Like, I don't, I don't want any of the, of the stupid, like, kind of, uh, picture picture ops that you get with Barry Bonds, him holding a bat, you know, uh, standing next to uh, Mike Stanton and, and they're they're hugging each other and stuff and Stanton's like on his knees like saying, oh, thank you, Barry Bonds. Mike, I don't want any of that garbage, right? Like, <laughs> you want to get in the hall, you know, uh, show, show show some remorse, uh, go out in the community, uh, talk to the, to, to the people that matter most of that, kids that will look up to you, have looked up to you, tell them how, how your problem has, has, has affected you, what you're doing to fix it, uh, if you have to do it day by day, do all that stuff. And I think Pete Rose should do the same thing and then by all means let, the, let both these guys in because the numbers are there. And for Barry Bonds with the enhancement drugs, the numbers were there before. Hot take. <laughs> Nobody yeah. else has anything on Bonds. That's Ooh. cold, man. It's cold. It's cold-blooded. Baby. We'll move on to another, uh, I think, highly debatable person, Luis Castillo, right? I know you, got, I know you guys got some opinions on Luis Castillo. I, I, I love, love I love Luis Castillo, but no, <laughs> that that guy was like that guy was money in fantasy baseball, man. He was like nobody knew about the guy, and uh, you could pick him like the second to last round, and he'd fill out your second base, got a ton of hits. I I, I think Luis Castillo is great, but he's definitely not a Hall of Fame player. Agreed. Three time All Star, zero time Hall of Famer. All right, uh, we we probably might be repeating some of our arguments with the next guy from Bonds, but uh, Roger Clemens. Yes. Yes. I'm a yes for uh, generally. I I hate Roger Clemens. You Roger don't like Clemens. anybody. Roger. What do you like, bad news? Roger Clemens is the biggest bum. You ever. only like Ichiro. Ichiro's the only person you like. But but hold on, let, let me finish. Clemens deserves as much as I hate it. Clemens deserves to be in there. And when I first started watching baseball, uh, Roger Clemens was my guy. He's just an idiot. But um, yeah. Uh, if if uh, here here's the, here's the thing with him. The only way he's going to get in the hall is that he has to wear a Yankees hat, and that's it. So Clemens uh, was slightly higher than Bonds last year, thirty-seven point five percent. But generally the same, you know, it's the same class in terms of uh, voters. It, it's interesting to see when someone votes for one or not the other. I think Heyman did that this year, um, but I kind of feel like they're two peas in a pod at this point. I mean, they're you know kind of stuck together in this thing. So um, Again, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much the electorate changes that this year, what his percentages. But um, I will say, you know, Bonds is at least trying to somewhat make amends um, or, or somewhat change his image, I guess, by, you know, getting into the game. And, and I think, you know, last year it seemed like when he got on social media and stuff, like part of that was trying to soften his image. But I still haven't seen that from Clemens yet. I mean, I, I think at some point maybe we'll see Clemens try to, I don't know, strategize some way if he really wants to get in the Hall of Fame, but um, I think we haven't really seen that yet. Listen, the less of Roger, the better. Look at Kurt Schilling. The more of Kurt Schilling, the yeah. more we hate the dudes. So maybe <laughs> this is the right approach of like laying low and being quiet. That's true. And he'll, he'll pop up every once in a while to like play for the Sugarland Skeeters or whoever, you know, just One of pitch, his kids. pitch yeah. to his son or something. Yeah, that, that, that's it. Chris, did you answer this one? I'm a yes on, on Clemens. Okay, that, that's straight up no, no, no. You got no dialogue on it. Uh, no, not really. I feel like we covered it. His numbers speak for themselves. He's he's got the same issues as Bonds, and they're linked in many ways. I mean, same number of views on the ballot too. So, if one gets in, you have to assume the other is going to get in. All right, give me your give me your gritty takes, guys, because uh, David Eckstein is up next. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame effort guy. But not a Hall of Famer. I'm a no. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's no. he's no great, great player. But um, his his stature, uh, his size matches his stature when it comes to Hall of Fame. Another another one that's going to be interesting to see how he does this year. Jim Edmonds, first time around the ballot. Uh, seems like a lot of people really. I've heard from a couple passionate fans via email who really think he should get in. Um, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, what do you guys follow on Jim Edmonds? No. Yeah, Jim Edmonds is, is tough um, because I think even looking at his numbers now, it's a lot more impressive than I remember. I lean no, but it's a lot closer than I initially suspected before I looked at his numbers. Jim Edmonds is, is 
what should have been him. Mean, you know, I, I think he's like a Garrett Anderson, right? I mean, he he was on he was on the Angels he's as better well. Better than Garrett Anderson, though. No, yeah, but he was but you way know, you better know what, than Anderson. But you know what I mean? It's like he he's he's just one of those guys. I mean, great fielder. He was on an Angels team that was really quiet. They were supposed to do a lot of stuff. They never really did. Um, you know, he he had some nice power towards the end of his career. Just he's an, he's an all around good player, but. When it comes down to it, uh, I, I think you know, with a lot of people on this list, uh, what we kind of remember of him, um, I just don't think he has the numbers to back it up. I mean, he's under 2,000 hits, he's under 400 home runs, uh, he's at 1,200 RBI, um, a 284 hitter. I, I just it, it, he has a nice career, but uh, I just I, I can understand people wanting him to be in, in the Hall of Fame, but there's a reason why there's a Hall of Fame, and it's not just for anybody that you felt passionate about for a New York minute. Um, yeah, I, I say no. Or, or a St. Louis minute, as the case may be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hall, Hall of Fame love, but in terms of the, the total package, yeah, no. I think he's a. I think he's definitely like a Hall of Very Good type guy, and I don't know. It, I guess if if Larry Walker is only getting eleven point eight percent of the vote last year, then I mean, I, I feel like Jim Edmonds is, um, you know, sort of the, a similar similar player. I would say, uh, you know, if you're gonna look at like. Uh, war and, and jaws and that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm a no one. I'm a no one Edmonds. So Chris, you yeah you answered. So our next guy, big. Uh, we might. I wonder if we have some fans for him. Nomar, Nomar Garcia Pera. Um, second year, five point five percent last year, which barely kept him on the ballot. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Nomar? Uh, I, I would I would say no. I, I think. Garcia Parra, um, everything was there for him in the beginning. I mean, he was one of the big three with Derek Jeter and A-Rod, and then he had Nomar as well. Uh, I think with him, the injury bug hit him hard, and he broke down really fast when he got older. Um, and I think the, you know, you kind of have, I mean, he was, at times he was bigger than the game, right? Like a great personality. He was kind of like the golden child of, of the Red Sox. And then somewhere he just took a no- nosedive where his his attitude was just, poor right i mean everybody remembers him like just like uh crying away on the bench when he got benched versus uh the yankees and i think that really sealed the deal it's like the only way that this guy gets in is that you know you had to really like him as a player uh he did all the right things as a player uh his attitude had to be great he had to be bigger in life he had to be a great guy for young fans for older fans and all the nostalgia that was there and the second that he started pouting in in the dugout uh, i think he lost any chance of being a hall of famer yeah, I feel like injuries really chipped away at his career. He was really great early on through maybe age 29. Even age 30 was pretty good, but that's when he started to get hurt, and then 31 he was injured. and He had one good year pretty much after he turned 30, and the rest was kind of average. And I don't know. It's, kind of a, it's more of a what could have been for me. If, if he didn't get injured, maybe we're talking about him in a different way today, but it just his peak wasn't long enough. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, he had the 99-2000 seasons. I think we forget how good Nomar was. Um, hitting 372, but once he left Boston, it was sort of downhill from there, and he never really caught on with the Cubs, and his stint with L.A. and the Dodgers was never really what it should have been. So, yeah, was no shot. That, and then he, he tried to do the uh, people's uh, uh, eyebrow when the Rock called him out during a, <laughs> during a Raw, and he just looked like a big goofball during that time. So, yeah, I mean... Uncool, uh, not a cool guy. Uh, a little girl in the dugout when he didn't Hall get of Fame play. wife though. Hall of Fame wife. Hall of he Fame. Yeah, that. yeah. The wife is great, but uh, and a Hall of Fame moment on 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 a commercial too. I mean, his line of "Hey, beautiful." It's like, come on, dude. You're 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 uh, you're not doing too well there, uh, Raymond. You got you got to get off my TV, dude. So yeah, uh, definitely. This this guy's done. I'm surprised it took you guys that long to make a wrestling reference. I well, I, I wanted to, but you I know. thought we were going to do a Bagwell. I thought somebody was going to do a. Marcus I, I had it all set. You know, we, we had the Four Horsemen. I had the Four Horsemen promo all going, but you know, you guys were so serious about you know this stuff, so I backed off a little bit. Chris is Paul Roman, right? Chris, no, no, no. Let's let's Paul not. Heyman? No, he, Paul Roma. It, it's not fun to make fun of a guy if if, if you don't even if, if he doesn't even know who the guy is. He's Chris is he he's an old soul, so he's going to be like Ole Anderson, and that that you know that that's a nice that's a nice compromise there. I don't know who that is. Exactly. <laughs> look, look it up. Look it up. <laughs> you just proved my point right there, dude. <laughs> you got to, to tell him how to spell it before you can look it up. Uh, next on our list is Troy Gloss. No. 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 Okay. Let's just let's just move right on to the the headliner. And if you say no, bad news, Roman, I might just hang up on you. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. Yes. 
Yeah. Of course. Yes, but I don't like that guy either. <laughs> what? <laughs> never been a Griffey fan. Uh, you know, You're like the only Griffey, person who doesn't like Ken Griffey Jr. I, I just, I just never was, dude. I, I don't know what it is. I, I mean, he just, I don't know. You're not, I think you're not he gets old enough to be one of those people that doesn't like him because he wears hat backwards. You're not that. No, old no, 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 no. I, dude, I, I was sporting the Utah Jazz hat backwards uh, way, way before this guy was. We've um, talked about this. I, I can, I cannot explain your disdain for Ken Griffey Jr. I just, I, I just, I know. Listen, I like. I mean, I like Griffey. It was just kind of. I think it was a little bit of overkill. You know, like Griffey was like the savior of the game, and everywhere you turned, everybody was talking about how you know they had a super. Uh, rare rookie card i'm like dude everybody has this rookie card but you you mentioned that ken griffey rookie card and man people coming out of the world were going like oh man it's so expensive i i got this i got that just wasn't just wasn't a big ken griffey guy i was more of a, a bo jackson guy you know bo jackson his his he was fun back in the day uh barry sanders uh really moved the needle for me ken griffey junior um he had that nice run he had that yeah, nice yeah. home run home run derby in in baltimore i mean i thought that was great but you're like a you're like you a know. hipster when it comes to King Griffey Jr., man. You're like, ah, I'm not. I'm not a hipster, dude. I'm, I'm just. I'm just old school, baby. That's that's all it comes down to. So the question with Griffey will be whether he, you know, how close he gets to 100. Uh, percent For anybody who doesn't follow, uh, there's a guy named not Mr. Tibbs who connects all the. He collects all the public ballots, uh, and obviously not everybody makes their Hall of Fame ballot public. But uh, as a, as we record this, Griffey is at 100 percent still. I I, I kind of don't think he's going to get 100 percent just because there's probably going to be some. There's gotta be someone. There's gotta be somebody yeah, out there. There's, there's, gonna, there's gonna be me, right? Yeah. It won't happen. But, but there's always like, there's it, always a me somewhere. Very, very well could be the person who doesn't vote for him because he wore his hat backwards. Like I would yep. not be surprised if, if that's someone's reason. I mean, just the way we've seen Hall of Fame. Have you seen that. the baseball writers? <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. Like someone someone could very well do that. Um, but so Griffey, I mean, he's getting in. Everybody knows he's getting in. But I think that's more of the question as we look forward to um, the results being announced uh, next Wednesday. I mean, I, I feel like there's a. There's even maybe a better chance that he's left off just to give someone like Edgar Martinez an extra vote because you know Griffey's getting in and Martinez might need that vote to that yeah. might be the difference. People people so, do that too. So yeah, I, I find that a more legitimate argument. Well, I, that's really the only legitimate argument in my mind for leaving Griffey off a ballot. And even then, I struggle with that argument. But if you're going to do that, it makes more sense than just leaving him off for no reason. Next up, guys, Mark Gruzelonic. No, no. I like the Chris. I literally laughed ten years. Good literally laughed. Uh, I, I like to say, hey, you know what? I like this guy, but it, but it's a no. <laughs> Mike Hampton. No. Also, no. No. One, one, one of the biggest, one of the biggest, uh, probably one of the biggest uh, hustlers in, in the game, just because he got that big old contract from uh, Colorado, and I think he won like five games. So, yeah, Hampton was terrible. Another one I think that it's going to be an interesting one, especially if you know it doesn't make it this year. We're, we're going to be talking more about it uh, in, in the years to come and, and how we deal with relief pitchers. Trevor Hoffman. Yes. Hundred percent. Yes. I'm going to say no. Oh. Six hundred saves, man. I mean, six hundred and one. What, what What's wrong with Trevor Hoffman in your eyes? Hell's bells. I mean, come on, Dean. Yeah, I have a hard time with relievers in this era. I have a hard time figuring out how we should value them or whether they're valued properly. And I think this is this is unfair, but there are there are more than ten uh, candidates, legitimate candidates in my mind, and Hoffman is not in that group. So wow. you're wrong. Uh, no, no, this is a yes or no, Chris. This is not a ballot. I, I understand that. Okay. Um, so I, I have a question. I have a question for you, real fast. Okay. Uh, you have um, Dennis Eckersley and Lee Smith, right? Which one should get in between those two? I, I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Well, I mean, I mean, come on, dude. I mean, Dennis <laughs> Eckersley, give, give me a – so here, here's the deal. Is Trevor Hoffman more like, in your eyes, was he more like Dennis Eckersley or was he like Lee Smith? And do you think – I mean, do you think Lee Smith is in – I mean, I think, you know – I mean, you definitely have like Eckersley is like was like the I mean Eckersley started this whole like craze of like just crazy amount of saves right I mean he wrote the book on that and I think Trevor Hoffman's a product of that and I think Trevor Hoffman is in I mean he's not as good as Eckersley but he's in that elite class of of Rivera I mean I don't think there's a big drop off between Rivera and Hoffman and Rivera is the first ballot Hall of Famer I don't know I think that's crazy talk Mariano Rivera <laughs> are you kidding me really yeah it's okay. crazy talk you think Rivera's First ballot? Is that, that, you think I think Rivera is much better than, than oh, okay. Trevor Hoffman. Much, much better? 
Yeah, but, but I, I, I would say that the, confidently. He's in the same tier, right? I mean, he's in the same tier of. I mean, I think he's in the same tier of. of uh, I don't know. No, I don't know though. Marlon Rivera it might be the best reliever of all time. So I, I don't know that I'm comfortable saying they're in the same tier. I'll wow. give you guys this for context while you while you prepare your arguments. So we we talked about Lee Smith. Um, and he, he will come up and talk about him a little more. But so he's on the ballot. Um, you know, one, one time, you know, the, the relief guy, uh, 30% right now, he's, he's in his 14th year. So he's, he's almost timing out. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't see him getting in. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Hoffman will be, uh, a more interesting case just cause you know, he does have, I would say a significant amount more saves than, than Lee Smith. Um, so I don't know. I, I do think it's interesting and I don't really agree. Oh, I didn't say. I, I guess my my gut on my gut on Hoffman is yes. By the way, um, but but I do see Chris's point of like how do you properly evaluate closers? Um, but but I feel I agree with you guys that, that that Hoffman is sort of you know above kind of those those gray area guys like like Lee Smith and like Billy Wagner who we're going to get to. Um, so anybody want to? You guys have parting parting thoughts on this, or do you just want to let it go? Uh, another guy who I think. If he wasn't in San Diego, he would be. We would have this argument. We would, we would say yes, he would be in, but because he was a Padre for most of his career, um, I feel like he had it overlooked. He was. I mean, as a Dodger fan, I saw my share of Trevor Hoffman come in and, and shut down the Dodgers. And the fact that he, I mean, he did it. He's been a closer since what '94, and did it for what 14 years, 15 years straight. Uh, then it says a lot. I'm going to disagree with you on on the whole San Diego thing. I think you know we're getting to the point now where you have a lot of fantasy players and Trevor Hoffman. I mean, the reason why I put you know, I understand yeah you know Rivera you know Rivera is a step above everybody else, right? I mean Rivera is like probably the best closer of all time, but I mean if if you're and I'm not saying that you know I'm not saying like hey you know like this guy was a flash in the pan. I mean Hoffman has 601 saves, right? He has uh he has an ERA of 2.87. His, his his whip is 1.058. So it's not like this, this, this guy isn't like some, some bum that, you know, just got a lot of saves for fantasy players. But I think everybody knew who, who Trevor Hoffman was. And I think with the advent of, of ESPN coming in with Sunday night baseball and just baseball was on all the time. When Trevor Hoffman walked out into that field, you know, you're facing one of the best closers in the game and he has the numbers to back it up. Lee Smith uh, has like 400, you know, um, he has like 478, uh, saves. He has more K's than, than Trevor Hoffman does. But, uh, I mean, the whole thing is, you know, Trevor Hoffman, I mean, he was Trevor Hoffman and, and he has the numbers to back it up. He has this, he has the, the mystique surrounding him as well. And this guy, this guy's a first, I mean, I, I'm saying if, if, if everything's right in the world, this guy's a first ballot hall of famer, Jason Kendall. No, but he had some really great years. No, no, <laughs> no. Jeff Kent. No. Also Hall no. Hall of Fame jerk, but no. <laughs> and, 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 and everywhere in, in, uh, an hour away from me in San Francisco, people are rolling over. They love Jeff Kent. The, the guy's a bum. Some people, some people have, you know, try to make a good argument for Jeff Kent, but I, I don't know. It's, it's a bad I, argument. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't see it. Some people believe, though. Uh, Mike Lowell. Get also your, no. Get your nose out of the way. Come on, guys. No, no, no. No. Uh, I, I th- I think he's a Garrett Anderson. I mean, I, I liked him as a player. He, I thought he was a very steady player, but doesn't have the numbers to back it up. Here's a, here's a fun one. Edgar Martinez, I'm a yes. No. I'm waiting for you, John. Uh, <laughs> I love Edgar Martinez. I, I saw him. I saw him when he was in his when he was in his heyday. I actually worked for a paper that covered the the Mariners during that time. Uh, love him as a player. Uh, he's Puerto Rican. That's that's even better. Uh, he doesn't have the numbers, man. I mean, he, he's close. I mean, he's really close. Uh, he's close to 25. I mean, it's, uh, it's tough, dude. He has 2,490 uh, 2, hits. Uh, I think if he's 25, I think it's there. He has 493 home runs, uh, you know, seven away from 500. Um, as much as, that, you know, 1,300, I don't, know, I don't even know how many RBIs, 1,550 RBIs. Uh, I, I think he's a great player. I just, overall, I just, I just can't see. I, I think you have the stigma of the, of the DH. 
Uh, uh, that's was, what, I mean, that's what it is. It's the DH yeah. stigma. Uh, but I mean, his numbers are close. I mean, I, I think if I think if he gets 500 home runs, I think I think if he gets 1600 RBI, if he gets 2500 hits, I think he's in. Uh, well, actually, no, I'm looking at Fred McGriff. My, yeah, yeah. my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't want to correct you because, you know, I didn't want to. Hey, I'm out of here, guys. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I, I love Edgar Martinez. I thought he's, he, at, you know, at the time he was the best hitter in the league. Um, but, no, he's, he's not in. Chris? Uh, I say yes. Yeah. Um, I think Get down with me, man. There were a couple years where he was probably the best hitter in the league. I think part of the reason he gets downgraded, aside from the whole DH thing, is that his peak wasn't long enough, and I don't want to hold it against him that he wasn't a full-time player until he was 27. So if if he had maybe gotten a little earlier start, I feel like this is a different conversation, and, and we're putting him in for sure. So I anti-Trevor Hoffman, but you support the, the, the DH. All right, gotcha. <laughs> yes, I do. I, I think you know that this follows along then uh, the argument that Marcus makes is that uh, you know he wasn't he was with Seattle. I think if you put him somewhere else, I think if you put him in Boston, uh, you know I, I think his his numbers, you know, you, you can kind of look at him and, and him and uh, Ortiz, uh, really good hitters. I think Martinez is a better contact hitter, but I think his location is there. You know, I actually agree with you, Chris. I I, I would love to see him in the Hall of Fame because I think he's that type of player that's in the Hall of Fame. But I got to be equal across the board. I mean. Uh, he he doesn't have enough of a personality impact where you, where it's overwhelmingly like this is like this was the baseball player during his era. Uh, so he falls short numbers wise, and uh, that's why I can't put him in. Well, since you jumped ahead a little bit, let's 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 do it on uh, the guy you were talking about, Mark McGuire. I mean, not Mark McGuire. I know I'm jumping ahead. Fred McGriff. Yes. You, no. You're a yes on McGriff. I'm a yes on McGriff. All yes. Right. I'm a no. I'm a no. I just I just remember Fred McGriff. I mean, I think people kind of forget how good this guy was. I mean, he you know when he got on a hot streak and it was always during a it was always during a playoff run. I remember uh, the Red Sox in Toronto were like uh, neck and neck in in uh, I think the probably a couple of years before he went to uh, Atlanta. And this guy was hitting a home run every day. I mean, every other day he's he's hitting a home run. He's getting like three RBIs. Uh, when this guy was hot, uh, you want to talk about like the the best like all around hitter. Uh, Good contact, good power, uh, could drive guys in. And when he went to Atlanta, that's when that Atlanta team really took off. They should have won a lot. They're kind of like the Oakland A's, right? They should have won a lot more uh, World Series than they did. But McGriff, you know, was the backbone of that team. You don't have these hitters coming through uh, doing what they can do without the protection of Fred McGriff. I think he's in. Uh, I think he's one of the most underrated hitters I've seen in a long time. I See, I like, I like the... Uh... I like the Jaws stat that, that Jay Jaffe came up with. I think it's a good good thing to use to measure Hall of Fame. And uh, if anybody doesn't know, basically what it does is it takes um, the the average um, stat of your average Hall of Famer at that position and then measures it versus you know Fred McGriff, for instance. So Fred McGriff, his, his score is 44.1 versus uh, the average Hall of Famer at first baseman is 54.2. So he's like 10 less. Um, so to me, like when I look at a guy like Fred McGriff, I, I like to look at that stat just to kind of see like, what is the, what is the average hall of famer? Like at, at any given position, cause we're looking, you know, we want to compare positions. So I feel like it, it's a good thing. And first base, obviously, you know, you have a lot of guys that, that hit a lot of home runs and stuff. Um, and, and McGriff was there. I mean, I won't say 500 home runs, but to me, to me, that, that, that stat kind of gets to the, uh, the essence of it. And like. You know he wasn't. He's not quite as good as the other first baseman in the Hall of Fame. So to so me, let, that's key let, let me let me throw this out there then, because like Edgar Martinez is fifty six point is at fifty six, and that his average his average position in the Hall of Fame is fifty five. I mean, mm-hmm. so does that does that change anything for you? Well, that's one of the reasons I like Edgar because he's he's you know he's higher than the average Hall. He's average and he's higher than like you know the average there. Again, but you know it's, it's DH thing, so it's it's a little bit different than. You know, because you're not you, you don't have a bunch of DHs or you don't have any. So, but I think if you're looking at a position like first base, I, I like it for I like it for looking at a player like McGriff. So, I don't I don't think it's the gospel by which we define the Hall of Fame, but I think in somebody like McGriff's case, I, I like to look at that. So, just for what it's worth, if you guys want to read more about it, Jaws, it's an interesting interesting way of looking at the Hall of Fame. Um, we're going to continue on to another first baseman, Mark McGuire. I say yes. No. I say no. I also say no because I don't feel like I could say yes to McGriff and McGuire. So that's also that's also one of the reasons I don't 
endorse McGriff. Um, Mike Mussina is up next. Interesting. It's always been an interesting debate around him. Uh, close, but no. No. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say no, too. He, he, his stuff was so good, he should have... I, I just don't think he really knew how to pitch. I mean, he had a, he had a ton of weapons at his arsenal. He just... I don't think he ever really put it together. It's, yeah, and I think he was... He could have been something in Baltimore. He wasn't. Uh, he went to New York. You know, he was, he was steady for New York, but I think he's more a product of the system more than uh, anything that he did by himself. I'm a... I'm, I'm barely a no. I mean, I, I, think, I think it could be close, but... Um, I think it's one of those ones where you hear his name, and to me, it doesn't automatically trigger and yes, Hall of Famer. Uh, I think it's one of those ones you can parse the numbers and and try to make a case for it, but um, I don't know. To me, it just doesn't. The name doesn't resonate. Mike Piazza. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm a yes. All right. I we can. I think we could skip. I think he's going to get in this year. So uh, you know, plenty of people talking about Mike Piazza. I think a much more fun guy to debate is, is our next dude, Tim Raines. Yes. I'm, I'm oh. a yes on Tim Raines. Uh, I'm a no. Uh, I have to, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, have to go, I have to go yes with Tim Raines. I, I think, you know, he's a five-tool player. I think he kind of he kind of started the whole kind of, I mean, he wasn't as good as some of the five-tool players that came after him, but... Uh, he showed that you could do everything really well at a high level, and I think that really spawned what a lot of people in baseball were looking for. I think his impact on the game will never be seen, but the way he changed the game in terms of what a player could be, um, I, I think he's definitely in. I think he's not Ricky Henderson, which is kind of something that maybe gets held against him a little bit. Yes. But he is, you know, really, really good. Like, his numbers are really good. And and I think the fact that you just you just perceive this big gap between him and and Ricky, you know, kind of makes you maybe think that he's not, you know, not that good. But it's more like Ricky was really, really good. So I don't know. I feel like that's that's part of it. Um, but again, if we if we look at Jaws, which which again I like to look at sometimes, uh, average average there is fifty three point three. He's at fifty five point six, so he's higher than your average uh, outfielder, or center fielder in the um, Hall of Fame. So for what that's worth, he's at fifty five percent. By the way. I'm only a note because I, I missed him during his prime. I'm a little younger. And by younger, I mean only 32. So yeah. by the time I started watching baseball, his Montreal days were, were long gone. So I didn't really see him at his, as prime. Here, here's, here's the thing with, with this guy, which kind of really stands out to me. Um, with all these guys on the ballot, uh, he's second in the most base on balls. And, and he's behind Barry Bonds. Um, and but the whole thing is that he had like a eight hundred stolen bases. This guy was supposed to get on base. Uh, sometimes you don't get a lot of you know with guys that get a lot of stolen bases, uh, they have a hard time getting on base. But I mean, this guy could. I mean, he he could draw walks. He could work the count. He didn't rely on his speed, which he had when he was younger. But you know, he there there's you know you're right. I mean, like his last couple of years, he was he was nothing great to look at. But uh, you know. He pers- he's kind of like a Juan Pierre, right? I mean, better than Juan Pierre, of course. Yeah, better than Juan Pierre. A, a, guy that, a guy that worked really hard. Uh, I think he made it look really easy, and that's why I think people really don't you know, give him the credit that he's due. I'll correct you just briefly for the record and say that Gary Sheffield and uh, Jeff Bagwell both had more walks than Tim Raines. But- well, in, in, in my world, in my world <laughs> both he has more, okay? <laughs> but, but he's, he's number four. Um, Kurt Schilling is up next. He's, a, he's a, also a pretty debatable Debatable guy, contentious guy, um, not as his personality, but just his Hall of Fame case. Although you might say that about his personality also. Uh, where do you guys fall on, on Kurt Schilling? Hundred percent, yes. No, no, no question. No, Three thousand strikeouts um, came up big during uh, the Hall of Fame. I don't care what he says. I mean, what, what I care, what I care. The only thing that I care about, he says that when he was ending towards the end of his career. And they're asking him, like, you know, should you be in the Hall of Fame? He's like, yeah, there's no way I should be in the Hall of Fame. It's just that 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 type of attitude that he has, where he, he you know, he's really steeped in the game, um, knew how to pitch. I mean, his last couple of years, he had nothing, and the guy still knew how to pitch and was still was still one of the top twenty starters when when he pretty much didn't have anything left in the tank. Um, just strikeout numbers alone, uh, and what he did in the playoffs. I'm not talking about the bloody sock game. Me of all people should say like no because of that, but. Uh, the guy, the guy won titles, and uh, he w- with different teams, and uh, he he was he was the main driving force behind all those titles. 
Marcus, did you? Uh, bad news talks me into it. Yes, <laughs> I'm. I'm a yes on Schilling. I think the big, the big knock on a lot of people is that he didn't win 300 games. You know, which is kind of the benchmark, and he's not even close. I mean, 216, but um, I mean, he didn't play on the, especially early on, didn't play on some great teams. So I'm not going to hold that against him. I think, you know, we know now that wins aren't necessarily, you know, what people thought maybe back then. So I'm, I'm, I'm there on Schilling. I think that. Uh, Again, he's one of those guys you think of like the mystique of whatever the Hall of Fame. Like to me, his name his name rings out in that kind of way. Uh, I'm a yes. Okay. All right, Chris. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> there we go. I just Thank I you. just needed to get it in there. Gary Sheffield next. Interesting interesting case also. Eleven point seven percent of the vote last year. Uh, this is his second year, so he's still on the ballot. But eleven point seven was kind of low. I thought um, not that I thought he should get in last year, but. Uh, pretty low. What do you guys think? Nope. No. I'm I'm a yes. Oh, oh you like Gary? You like you like Gary Sheffield, don't you? Uh, I I don't I don't I don't dislike Gary Sheffield. Um, I don't think his wife can sing like they that like she tried. They interviewed him one time on ESPN, and the wife was like singing some like Whitney Houston garbage or something. Uh, she can't carry a she can't carry a lick or, or a tune. Um, but I mean the guy. Every, every you guys are supposed to laugh after that. Um, well, that, that's a clause actually in the voting. If if your wife can't sing, you lose points in the voting. You're not supposed to vote for that person. So uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, the, but I mean, the number. I mean, he was he consistently. He was he was always the he was always one of the top hitters. I mean, he he delivered on all fronts. Right, hits, home runs, um, RBI. He he was. He was the center of any of any offense, either the third or fourth hitter, uh, with Florida, uh, with the Yankees. I, I'm, I, I mean, I'm personally mad that that they picked Sheffield over Vladimir Guerrero uh, during that during that free agent season. See, I, I go back away, but um, you know, 25, uh, 20. No, that's that's whatever it is. Um, <laughs> 1600 runs, 26 hits, 2600 hits, close to 27. Uh, 509 home runs yeah. and, and, and 1676 in RBI. I mean, the, the guy, he's 292 hitter, uh, 393 on base percentage. Uh, and, and your favorite stat, uh, he's at 60.3. Other guys in, in his uh, in his position are at 37.9. Not that that means anything, but the guy has the numbers. He, he's just a well, you know, he's Garrett Anderson, but actually like the guy that's like your go-to guy. I'm, I'm a no on Sheffield. I think he's close, but um no, I just I'm I'm not I'm not all the way there, and I don't know I'm not hardcore. No, like no, never, but just yeah. no, no, not right now. I'm I'm not well. I don't know. I, I I guess you'd have to do some convincing, but I'm I'm a no. Uh we we talked about him a little bit earlier, and I feel like we can we we've probably almost exhausted the conversation. But Lee Smith, nope. I'm a no. Yeah. No. I'm a no. I, I'm I'm still mad about the Gary Sheffield thing. You guys are like jumping up and down over Jeff Bagwell and taking your 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 panties off for him. I mean, uh, he beats he beats Jeff Bagwell in every single category. And I you know, but it, I don't think there's a big drop off between first base and outfielder. I mean, I, I think you guys need to do some homework. But yeah, at least Jeff, Smith, no. Jeff Bagwell. Every single line in his slash line is is higher than Gary Sheffield. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, like <laughs> am, am I am I looking at the wrong guy again? Because home probably. Runs, Probably. Home runs. Jeff Jeff Bagwell has four hundred forty nine home runs. Sheffield has five hundred nine. Well, Jeff, Jeff but, it, oh, but, it's, but it's Jeff Bagwell. No, no, yeah. no. Chris cares about his on base percentage more than his home runs. Essentially, <laughs> he, he beats him every cat. Oh, oh, slash, oh, slash. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're using you're using this terminology that that I don't know, dude. You know, I'm like I take stuff to the street. You know, I'm like my apologies. <laughs> we get down, we get down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, if you guys want to talk about numbers, Sammy Sosa. Lots of numbers. What do you think? Which which no. Sammy Sosa are we talking about? Are we talking about? Uh, there's only one. Well, there, there's a white Sammy Sosa. There, there's there's, a, there's a whole Sammy lot of versions Sosa. of Sammy Sosa, but there's one Sammy Sosa. Because <laughs> uh, Sammy Sosa is looking a little bit different from he did during like his playing He's, he's so. not an emoji where you you click it and you get to pick your one you want. Like it's just it's just Sammy Sosa. Yes or no? Uh, no. I'm a no. 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 Yeah, I think it's a case where you know you look at you look at Sammy and and you know you, you have you have the three big guys right Barry Bonds, um, uh, McGuire, and uh, Sammy Sosa. Barry Bonds was putting the numbers up before he took it. Uh, I think Sammy Sosa and and uh, Sammy Sosa is definitely one of those guys. He started off he wasn't doing anything. He started taking and he he shot to the moon. Uh, McGuire was always taking them. So I, their their numbers are, are enhanced and um, I, I think this is one of the cases where uh, it's it's a definite no for both of those guys. 
Yeah, he's very much the Mark McGuire of the outfield in terms of numbers being sort of inflated by whatever might have been going on in the late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> whatever whatever it may have been. Yes. Whatever it was. <laughs> uh, Mike Sweeney. Hall, Hall of Fame good guy. That's what I say. I think somebody emailed me saying that Mike Sweeney should be in the Hall of Fame, but no. Mark Sweeney doesn't think Mike Sweeney should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I, I, I thought Mike Sweeney was still playing, so yeah, he's he's been gone for ten years. <laughs> Part of that Royals team. <laughs> no. Alan Trammell. Last year on the ballot, uh, twenty-five point one percent last year. Don't think he's going to get in, but a lot of people are, are pretty passionate that he should. Yes, his nos. No. No. I'm also a no, but I kind of feel bad about it. Why do you feel bad? I feel like, well, so his numbers aren't really eye-popping, but I think that's a result of the era he played in. And admittedly, I haven't done enough research maybe on that era. So I feel like he, he'll probably have a pretty strong case with the Veterans Committee, but I don't know that I would do it right now. I think the argument for, for Alan Trammell is that Barry Larkin is in, and Barry Larkin, and his numbers are, are pretty close to each other. So a lot of people, I think, give... Uh, I think Al Trammell should be in if Barry Larkin's in, but you know he's just not as sexy of a player as as, as Barry Larkin was. Um, it's close. I don't know. I, I've, I've kind of I, I can go either way on him. Um, I think if it's a I think if it's a yes or no, I, I'm more of a I guess I'm less conservative with with a vote, so I might say yes. But I also if, if we're going like a traditional like vote for ten guys, I don't know that I would I don't know that he would be a top ten for me. So, so I have a question for all three of you. When when Larkin went in, and here's the thing: like when you find out that Larkin gets in, right? Like you kind of like shook your head yes, and you're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that that guy deserves to get in. Uh, if Alan Trammell gets in, would you guys react the same way? No, well, it's just because he's been on the ballot for so long. I mean, he's he's like that. He's like that guy that's been on the ballot forever. And um, like if he get if he gets in, I'd be happy for him. You know, I guess just because you know the, the numbers say that he's that he's good enough, even if you know the feeling that he gives you maybe isn't so i wouldn't i wouldn't be upset about it i wouldn't cry because he got in you know i wouldn't complain i'd be a little surprised i, I would not, not upset i would be surprised if he got in based on people voting for him because i don't think that's going to happen but i wouldn't i also wouldn't be upset if yeah no. either way you know yeah i i agree uh we got three more guys we've been we've been we, this is going way longer than i thought it would but hopefully it's at least interesting listening um, this is all. This is all. Swick here. Swick needs to take the handle on this guy right here. Oh, it, it's oh, it's a uh, it's it's Billy Wagner. Yeah, the answer is no, and I probably think he's a better candidate than Trevor Hoffman. Oh, oh, oh man, what are you talking about? <laughs> he just says that because he's on Twitter. He probably follows you on Twitter. And that's why you think that, huh? He might follow me on Twitter, but I just said no. So this is Bryce Harper's cousin. What's going on? He's gonna unfollow <laughs> me now. <laughs> I'm a no on Billy Wagner. Sorry, Billy, and your weird Twitter handle. Uh, Billy Wagner. Now, now he is a product of, of fantasy baseball. I think he he gets a lot more credit because he was a good fantasy closer for a long time, at least like a four or five year period when fantasy baseball took off. But uh, his, his numbers aren't there, and um, it's not even like what could have been. He just he's not Hall of Fame. Final two guys. Final two. Larry Walker. No. I'm a, I'm a yes. no. Oh, Chris. Okay, Chris. So yes. I'm a no. I feel like he's close. I feel like if he had maybe done a little more, um, you know, had a, had a longer peak, you know, I, I feel like he he had the talent, but just not all the way there. I, he did it. You know, he put up great numbers in Montreal. He went to Colorado and had and became a legend in in, in Colorado. And you should hear people in Colorado talk about him. I mean, I, I unfortunately I had to work for. I mean, not unfortunately, but I had a work at a paper in Colorado and they love Larry Walker. Uh, they even loved, I mean, Dante Bichette even had his own, uh, his own restaurant. So that shows you how big uh, baseball players were back there. Um, he's definitely like a, a, what could have been. I mean, I, I'm going to say yes, because I think for a while he was one of the top three players in the league for like a good three, four year stretch. And if he never got, if he, if he didn't get hurt, um, if, if there wasn't a strike, um, I think, I think his, uh, you know, if he, if he, if he's in the postseason with, with Montreal, uh, the year that they had a strike, and then um, he he rides off into the sunset in Colorado, which he did. 
uh, and just put up crazy numbers up there. Um, I, I think he, I, I think he has, he's like the best kept secret, I think for a lot That's of, a lot of could have said it would have though. None of this, this, yeah, none it, of is, this it is. Yeah, it is. Um, but you know, it's, it's, he's kind of, but, but are you a no? He's kind of like an Alan Trammell, right? I mean, Alan Trammell, you know, is kind of not that, not that would have, could have, should have, but you know, in terms of what these guys brought to the table, what they brought to bat, and how they played the game, uh, I, I think Alan Trammell should be in because of that. But the numbers aren't there. Uh, Walker does have a little bit better numbers, and uh, you know, he's he was a nice four four tool player, and uh, he was probably the best at it for about three four years. Are you a yes or a no? I'm, I'm a. Uh, <laughs> I said yes in the beginning. I'm going to say no now just because. Uh, um, Marcus kind of scares me a little bit, but, um, you know, <laughs> I don't want to disagree with the guy. No, but you know, I, I'm a, I'm, my heart says yes. Uh, uh, brain and numbers say no. So I'll probably have to go no on that. I feel like he's, I, I feel like you're right in Trammell in the sense that you could probably parse the numbers in a certain way to make a good case for Lay Walker. But I just, uh, to me, like it's one of those ones where you can look at the numbers and be like, uh, I don't know. My gut just does not say that, that he is. All right, last one. You guys ready? It's a, it's a tough I'm one. I'm looking gonna, forward to this gonna be It's going to be a big big conversation here, guys. Randy Wynn. No, he sucks. Nope. <laughs> he sucks. He sucked with the Giants. Uh, he's terrible. He's terrible on, on, uh, on commentary or when they had that little after show that I'm forced to watch when these guys make the playoffs and win the World Series. I hate the Giants. I hate Randy Wynn. Uh, was terrible and uh, ate up a lot of money in Seattle, Seattle as well. Um, nice player, though. But, yeah, no, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, no. Mom could sing good, though. His his, mom, his his wife probably can sing. He, I bet you <laughs> wife can, sorry, his wife can. He probably, sing. he probably sings better than Gary Sheffield's wife too. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, a, and 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 he could cough without without uh, landing on the DL like uh, Sammy Sammy Sosa did. So yeah, you know there there's some points to it, but his numbers aren't there. I'm a no. I've learned one thing during this debate. The only player Bad News Ramen likes is Mark Grzelanek. Yeah, he he was a gamer, man. He likes Fred I, McGriff. I like Martin- I like Eric- no, I like Edgar Martinez and Fred McGriff. I mean that that's something, and, and I like Luis Castillo too. So he liked uh, he liked Kurt Schilling. I like Kurt Schilling. Yeah, some good good choices. Fair so Hall of Fame uh, for anybody who maybe does not know or didn't catch it at this point, uh, results will be announced Wednesday. So if you listen to this and uh, you made it this far, you obviously care about the Hall of Fame. Uh, so pay attention to that and come by Big Leagues too because we're going to have all kinds of coverage. Um, when, 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 I just asked one thing. When, when Jeff Bagwell makes it and, and the three of you are like dancing around the office and crying and stuff and pouring champagne, think, think well of me, okay? I mean, Jeff Bagwell sucks, dude. Come on. All right. <laughs> so so you, you would prefer Buff Bagwell over Jeff Bagwell? There no, you I, go. Uh, I, I don't like Buff Bagwell either. Um, he he's he was always a pretty boy. Uh, I'm a Tully Blanchard kind of guy. Tully Blanchard deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. How about that? Man's man. Right? Am, am I right, Chris? Right? Let Tully Blanchard you, deserves me, to be in the Hall of Fame. Right? Little, let me drop a little fun fact on you. Okay. First email I ever wrote was to Buff Bagwell. <laughs> what did this email say? How do I look like you? How do I look like you? And can can we date? You, you know, uh, I've heard. Uh, I mean, I, I've heard. I was like nine, so. <laughs> and Buff was the stuff, right? Right. He was. Uh, I think I, I wrote I, it from, from my dad's email account, too. So that, on, that's on, my story. On my the Buff AOL Bagwell account, story. yeah. There, yes, there's some oh, story, for sure. There's some stories I have about Buff Bagwell that will, that will turn your soul. Uh, you'll be totally surprised, but uh, let's not get into that now. So where do you come down on the Buff Bagwell versus Scott Steiner debate, Chris? That's what I want to know. Uh, I, I don't know that there is a debate. I just made that up. But. I don't know. By the end, <laughs> I didn't like either of them. That's the right answer. <laughs> well, and according to a good friend of the dog-faced gremlin who was Rick Steiner, um, Buff had a little bit of a crush on Rick Steiner, so I'll just leave it at that. So, uh, allegedly, how about that? I want to see Chris in some of those, like, uh, Scott Steiner, like, the bead thing like the, on his head and shoulders, you know, that, that deal he would wear? Yeah, oh, the, oh, the, oh, the headlet. Whatever, whatever it's called. I want to see Chris wearing that. I don't know if I have the pythons for that. <laughs> you see- you just need the attitude, dude. That's all you need. You, you can, Chris. You know, you, you you get some confidence in you. Yeah, you, you you follow me, you'll go far, dude. You know. Uh, I don't uh, know. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We've got Mike and Marcus. <laughs> I might want to follow those guys. We've we've gone to a point of no return, gentlemen. I think we should wrap it up here. Thanks for uh, for being here. And I guess since we're we're. we're Marcus is here for the first time, and 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 Bad News Drama will let you guys too. You each have you each have different podcasts, so uh, go ahead and, and plug what you do for anybody who might want to hear more from you. 
Go ahead, bad news. Uh, no, uh, listen, I, I close. I'm, I'm, I'm the closer. I'm not the starter. You're the closer. You're, you're Trevor Hoffman. All right. <laughs> Maybe the setup man though. Uh, yes, I have a podcast. Uh, it's called The Kings of Sport. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, places where you find podcasts. And uh, it's a weekly show with myself and my uh, co-host, Nate Milton. And uh, Mike Oz has been on in the past and maybe in the future. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, I'm definitely going to be on a Marcus's podcast. He's just not smart enough to come around and have me on it. Um, okay, I, uh, we'll have you on for real. Sounds good. I, I'm there, baby. Um, I do a, a Muda Scale. It's a wrestling podcast, uh, WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling for the most part. It's on uh, mudascale.podbean.com, but you can find it on Stitcher as well. I just joined SoundCloud because I uh, bit off of Mike what he's doing. And I got a microphone, so hey, I might as well go on SoundCloud. Um, we, yeah, it's, it's great, baby. I'm, 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 not, I'm, not I'm not putting you down. I'm, I'm giving you love right now. Um, uh, it, it is co-hosted uh, by uh, Better Have My Donuts. I'm definitely the better of the two. And uh, if you want to hear two 40-year-old guys talk about wrestling the way it should be, uh, that's what we do. We're on iTunes as well, uh, moodoscale.podbean.com, or search for Moodoscale in iTunes, and you are there. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. This has been the uh, StuPod Hall of Fame, whatever you want to call it, man, an hour of – Talking about the whole thing.